Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Before we get going on this question of whether or not President Joe Biden should offer a pardon to President Donald Trump, uh, I have some breaking news to to share with you. Uh, And it comes from uh, the World Trade Center, Utah. There has been an announcement that John M. Huntsman Jr. has been elected as the chair of World Trade Center, Utah. Let me read a, a bit from the information provided me by the, the World Trade Center, it reads that uh, John M. Huntsman Jr. is the new chair of World Trade Center Utah, WTC Utah, with members and partners across the state, including the governor's Office of Economic Development. Uh, and this quote comes from outgoing chair of World Trade Center Utah, Scott Anderson. Ambassador Huntsman's unparalleled international expertise, extensive business expertise, and substantial role in founding World Trade Center Utah uniquely qualify him to serve the state and Utah business community in this capacity. Uh, Mr. Anderson, again, Scott Anderson, outgoing chair of World Trade Center Utah, concludes, We are fortunate for his willingness to lead our efforts to make Utah the crossroads of the world. Uh, This news coming after, uh, of course, uh, John Huntsman Jr. unsuccessfully seeking uh, the governorship here in the state of Utah. Uh, And and I have, you know, I've been wondering really up until now uh, what exactly he would do uh, next. He and honestly, all of the candidates for governor this past year, uh, they're not people who stay still for very long. Uh, They are not uh, people who do well uh, in idleness. They are busy. They are ambitious. They are go-getters. Uh, you know, regardless of your politics, what you think about that go-getter attitude, uh, they are uh, people who are always on the move. Uh, Governor Spencer Cox uh, included some remarks on the announcement as well. Uh, Governor Cox says, uh, again, responding to John Huntsman Jr.'s election as chair of World Trade Center Utah, uh, Governor Cox says, quote, I am grateful that Ambassador Huntsman has once again responded to the call to serve. His service in this important role on Team Utah will ensure that our global engagement is a means to an end in accelerating growth for Utah businesses and providing economic opportunity for families and individuals across the state. Uh, so that's that. The, the information continues with a, a look at uh, Ambassador Huntsman's past, uh, time uh, served in Russia and China and Singapore. You might have forgotten about that one. He was, uh, that is John Huntsman Jr., he served as ambassador to uh, Singapore before Russia and China uh, years and years ago. A very young man uh, when he did that. I think at the time the youngest uh, ambassador to be serving. I have to fact check me on that one. Uh, but here's my question. The, my, my lingering question up until now has been, what's next? 
for John Huntsman Jr. I don't know that this chairmanship, I don't know that it's a full-time position. I don't know that it requires his full attention. And so there is still a remaining question, uh, what, uh, what does he do? If it is a part-time gig, if it's full-time and, and I'm just uh, you know, out of the loop, uh, you know, this is obviously what he will dedicate himself to fully. But, uh, but if not, and oftentimes chairmanships uh, you know, sometimes allow for <laughs> you know, extra time and uh, extra events to occupy your attention. We'll see. We, we will have to see. But regardless, today's announcement, again, John M. Huntsman, uh, Jr., elected as chair of World Trade Center, Utah. Okay, now let's shift to this question I've been uh, stewing over, honestly, all morning. And it is, uh, it, feels, it, it feels funny at first glance. But then if you think about it a little more, maybe you come around to the idea. I'll admit to you that I'm not 100% sure where I stand on this question. But I... I think enough of the question uh, that it's important to to discuss it at the very least. Yesterday's inaugural event, yesterday's inaugural festivities, if you will, in particular, the inaugural address delivered by President Joe Biden was very heavy on civility and come togetherness, and we need to you know break through all the division that we are experiencing. Uh, these days, and regardless of you know where you point the finger of blame at that division, uh, uh, you there is a desire to overcome it. And me, I, I'm on board that train. I would love for us to be able to, with cool heads, uh, debate some of the issues. In fact, I'm very much looking forward to uh, debating and sharing with you some of uh, what I feel are the shortcomings in President Biden's signing of that tall stack of executive orders on day one. I honestly, I don't see how exactly that moves us towards uh, unity, especially on day one when, uh, you know, about 74, 75 million Americans uh, voted uh, essentially against the actions taken in those 17 executive orders. But we can debate that and we can do so civilly and, uh, and we will do that. But is there the risk of further division if our focus remains for the uh, indefinite future on the past misdeeds of President Trump? If he is in and out of a federal courtroom for uh, years to come, is that a service to this nation? I'm not suggesting that uh, anyone should ever look the other way or that any crime against this country is acceptable. But, but, is there a case to be made for why Joe Biden may be able to, in what you could describe an act of courage or uh, unexpected uh, mercy, grant President Trump a pardon? If you are a reader of the Deseret News, you will have likely seen the argument made by uh, Jay Evenson uh, just uh, about a week or so ago uh, under the headline, For the Good of the Country, Joe Biden Should Pardon President Trump. If you are a reader of The Hill, it's a a publication that focuses on things going on in Washington, in particular the legislative branch. Uh, Another opinion uh, writer, Gil Troy, makes the case why Joe Biden should pardon Donald Trump. I'm working out my thoughts on this one. What do you think? I'd like to hear from you. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. uh, And I'd like like in particular for you to call in. 
I'd like to hear from you directly. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. And the question is, should President Joe Biden pardon Donald Trump for crimes committed potentially during his time as president and even before? What do you think? 801-575-8255 is the number. 801-KSL-TALK. Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's surreal to ask this following question, but here we are in American history. Should President Joe Biden pardon President Donald Trump? Should President Joe Biden offer a pardon to President Donald Trump? I put this question to texters and callers, and a number of callers are on the line. We'll get to those in just a moment, but let me be clear about my question here and what a pardon exactly is. So, a, a pardon can be offered uh, retroactively. Uh, it, uh, it can be offered about a specific instance, a specific uh, c- crime. Uh, if you have been uh, you know, charged and convicted, you can be pardoned for that. But as we learned in the case of President Ford issuing a blanket pardon to Richard Nixon, can, you can offer, as president, you can offer a blanket pardon and not necessarily affix it to a uh, a single either convicted crime or accused crime and that is what what uh, that's what is at the root of this question should the should president joe biden offer a blanket pardon to president donald trump interesting uh, i mentioned president gerald ford the, the interpretation of history is that he essentially lost his uh, 1976 election to Jimmy Carter because of his decision to pardon Richard Nixon. But Ford uh, was forever confident in his decision. In fact, in his wallet, he carried uh, this President Ford. He carried in his wallet a quote from a Supreme Court opinion dating back to 1915, that was Burdick v. United States, which uh, ruled that a pardon, a presidential pardon, upon acceptance by, you know, in this case it would be Donald Trump, President Trump, or you know any of the other hundreds of people who have received pardons over the years, that it carries an imputation of guilt, acceptance, a confession of it, and so to accept a pardon is a confession of guilt. And so this isn't excusing anything. This isn't letting anyone get away with anything. Uh, there may be uh, you know, certain statutory consequences that are sidestepped, and I guess that's just what we uh, accept if our answer to this question is yes. And I might propose uh, that such a scenario would lead to less division moving forward. Let's go to the phones right now and see how folks think. Josh calls from uh, Salt Lake. Josh, welcome to the program. What do you think about this, partner? no? I'm just on the side of no. I, I feel like he should not pardon, and it all comes back. And I'll be honest, I'm not a Trump fan whatsoever, but I'm also not a Democrat and a lover of Democrats. But I'm also a believer in morals and accountability, and I think we need to set a precedence for our leaders to not act in the way that our past president has acted. Fair enough, Josh. Thanks for the call. Jumping now to Sandy uh, and Tammy joins us on the line. Tammy, what do you think? Uh, pardon or no? Totally agree with Josh. Uh, our democracy requires uh, accountability, in my estimation, and he definitely should not pardon him. As a matter of fact, I hope he gets impeached because he'll. they will be getting, I don't know if you know this, 
which is right, they get a million dollars travel uh, as an ex-president. I don't know if that's for the whole time that they're an ex-president or that's per year. But personally, I don't want him traveling on the taxpayer's dime um, talking about hoaxes and a rigged election for the next four years. My, That's my, the way I feel about that. My understanding is that it is a, it's a million-dollar travel budget uh, annually, and there is also a, pe- a pension of— and you'll have to help me with the number. I don't remember, but I, I somewhere in the neighborhood of 200000 annual? I don't know. I'll, I'll Google that one and get back to you on uh, that question. I'm not sure if conviction in the Senate would uh, would take away from President Trump those uh, those perks, the travel perk. The There's also Secret Service protection for life enjoyed by former uh, United States presidents or that pension. I, I'm not certain of that. Uh, let's move to Utah County. Terry joins us. Terry, what do you think, pardon or no? You know, there's a caveat. I think he should pardon him just for the sake of the country. But with that caveat that President Trump agrees never to run for any political office again in his lifetime. Interesting. And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. All right. Uh, Terry, you you put out an interesting caveat. And I could see uh, from the perspective of Joe Biden, President Biden, uh, and Democrats, how that would be very valuable to them to, uh, you know, in exchange for a pardon, uh, you know, a, a an assurance that the president would not uh, run for office again, President Trump, that is. Uh, and, you know, that would be certainly unprecedented. We haven't had, uh, you know, any kind of agreements like that beyond the pardon power arranged. Uh, not sure if that's even legal, to be honest, uh, but it's an interesting uh, notion nonetheless. Now, that that could be brought about uh, if the Senate and the White House today were to work together. The Senate is empowered to convict President Trump and, in a secondary vote, uh, with a simple majority, preclude him from future office. That uh, could take place in conjunction with a pardon on the part of the White House. Uh, last call. Uh, we're going to go to Gorin in Tooele. Gorin, what do you say? I say no because of the fact that there's a loss of life. Okay. He doesn't deserve a pardon. Somebody needs to be held accountable for those people that have lost their lives. And he incited it by flattening out, telling them to march that way to the Capitol. You, you think, though, that— I would not pardon him. With, with that said, then, you, do, you, do you think that there are criminal charges on the horizon for President Trump due to the events of January 6th? Yes, there should be. I mean, how many people out there, if somebody shoots somebody and you got somebody with you, that person's an accessory? Mm. Same thing. Why should— he be allowed off just because he was a president prior. What about people that are in jail now that were just accessories to a murder or something? Mm. Interesting point of view. Listen, thank you for the call. Thanks for listening. Uh, my apologies to Linda. We won't have time to get to you. Uh, a little bit of fact checking. Uh, my thanks to Kira Hoffelmeyer in the newsroom. Lets me know that the presidential pension is two hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars a year. I don't know. I don't know if. Uh, a conviction in the Senate would exclude a former president from enjoying that or the million dollar annual travel budget or Secret Service protection. Uh, you know, nothing like this has ever come up before, so <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, but we'll find out, or, or maybe it's a rule that has to be invented yet. And the uh, Senate, as it bears the sole power to try an impeachment, maybe they'll have to make a decision. Uh, we'll see. Also, it looks like uh, if. Speaker Pelosi transmits those are the article of impeachment over to the Senate. Not likely to see action on that uh, this week. Uh, maybe next week. We'll see. Quick break. Back with more here on KSL News Radio.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.